This podcast is brought to you by GoMoto, the service lane kiosk that grows your business. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Hello, and welcome to Daily Drive. It's Thursday, May 12th, 2022. I'm Jamie Butters, Executive Editor of Automotive News. Nissan is making money again. Rivian isn't yet. And Foxconn closes on an Ohio factory. Plus, VW commits to a pickup for the U.S. Who's going to get to sell it? We'll get into that a little later. First, let's run through all the news you need to know to keep up in the auto industry. Nissan is back in the black. A solid fourth quarter closed out the company's first profitable fiscal year since the arrest of former chairman Carlos Ghosn. Nissan posted a net income of $1.8 billion, rebounding from the previous year's net loss of $3.7 billion. That's almost a $5.5 billion turnaround. COO Ashwani Gupta said the rationalization phase of the comeback plan is complete. Nissan has trimmed the number of nameplates by 15% cut global capacity by 20%, and reduced fixed costs by $2.9 billion. With an operating profit for the year of $2 billion, the company is a little more than halfway to CEO Makoto Uchida's target of a 5% operating margin by 2024 under his Nissan Next midterm revival plan. Now is the time, Uchida said, to, quote, deliver greater value and grow the company. Stateside, EV startup Rivian lost $1.6 billion in its first quarter of the year on revenues of $95 million. Despite persistent supply chain challenges, Rivian reaffirmed its full-year production forecast of 25,000 vehicles. The company said it made 2,553 in the quarter. It delivered about half that many, 1,227 vehicles, up from 909 in the previous three months, Rivian stock rose in aftermarket trading, but not enough to make up for losses earlier in the day. And finally, Taiwan's Foxconn, best known as the manufacturer of the iPhone, is now in the car-making business. Or at least, it owns a factory. Lordstown Motors on Wednesday said the $230 million deal announced in the fall to sell its sprawling 6.2 million square foot plant to Foxconn has closed. The deal transfers to Hanhai Technology Group, which trades under the Foxconn name, ownership of the former General Motors plant in Ohio, along with 400 Lordstown manufacturing employees and the responsibility for assembling the battery electric endurance, a pickup roughly the size of a Chevy Silverado. Moving forward, Foxconn will serve as the contract manufacturer assembling the vehicles, while Lordstown remains responsible for design, engineering, testing, sourcing, homologation, and launch of vehicle programs. Lordstown's injection of cash from the deal might not be enough to ensure production of the endurance begins on schedule this fall, CEO Daniel Ninavaji told Automotive News. The company is working to raise an additional $150 million so it can keep its planned third quarter start of limited production. And that's the news you need to know. Coming up, VW brings back an old name for a new brand, but many questions remain. We'll get into them after the break. Listen to Fred Hayes, service manager at Temecula Valley Buick GMC, and Philip Candido, fixed operations director 
talk about their experience with GoMoto in their service drive. Before GoMoto, the backups in the service lane were due to not being able to get to the customer in a, in a timely manner. There's times where menus are passed over where the advisor forgets to tell them, hey, it needs its major service. And now with the GoMoto, customers are presented with a maintenance package every time. The time freed up from not having the customer sitting in front of them every single time they come in. It helps them be more efficient. It helps them focus more on the customer's concern and the, the maintenance and service of the vehicle. Before GoMoto, we would average approximately 130000 in service gross. The kiosk in the service drive doubled the gross profit in the dealership. It's amazing, 100%. Using the GoMoto kiosk makes the dealership more profitable. Want to increase revenue, improve the customer experience, and maximize service efficiency just like Temecula Valley? Visit GoMoto.com to learn more. That's G-O-M-O-T-O dot com. Welcome back to Daily Drive. I'm Jamie Butters. Volkswagen Group confirmed that it will revive the Scout name with two new electric off-road worthy models. Despite the company's public statements, many questions remain. What platform will these vehicles be on? How will they be sold? To help me sort through what we know and what we don't, I called up Larry Veliquette who covers Volkswagen in the U.S. for Automotive News. Larry Veliquet, welcome back to Daily Drive. Thanks, Jamie. Good to be here. You've been uh, writing about a new brand for the VW Group. Uh, they're bringing uh, plans to bring the Scout name back to the U.S. market, uh, doing an electric SUV and a pickup. Uh, how, how do we think this is going to work? Well, yeah. First, I don't know that it's a new brand, right? This this was a uh, uh, this was a this was a brand uh, a vehicle that was around when I think I was in middle school at the time. <laughs> when it was still around, when it started was back when Lyndon Johnson was putting the chicken tax on Germany and everybody else. But we'll get into that. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so they're going to create a, uh, uh, at least from what they've said this morning or today, uh, they're going to create a sub-brand called Scout uh, to build an electrified pickup and a, uh electrified rugged SUV. You're saying electrified. Are they, have they said, will they be pure electric or are they leaving open the possibility of a, a hybrid powertrain? Um, yeah, they're... They're EVs. Straight, straight up EVs, yeah. Straight EVs, yeah. yep. So um, this is an interesting move. I mean, as you said, um, Volkswagen dealers, right, have been wanting to have a pickup for this market. Obviously, they've been clamoring for SUVs and crossovers. They've gotten those, uh, but they've been wanting a pickup for the U.S. market. It's a pretty important vehicle style for here, but these are not going to be F-150 type trucks they're not even going to be ford ranger type trucks maybe more like a like a rivian more like a bronco pickup or a, a jeep gladiator well uh we think right we don't really <laughs> we don't really know the the details are uh, all tbd all to be determined they've uh released a sketch and i think uh from what i can gather the closest is going to be uh, will be the Rivian lineup, right? It basically looks like they're going to recreate Rivian, an SUV and a pickup. Uh, 
uh, an electric uh, version of uh, both. Um, but they're going to use the Scout name that they picked up last year when they uh, when one of their subsidiaries, their heavy truck subsidiary, merged with Navistar. And part of Navistar's asset was the uh, was the old International Harvester Scout name that they inherited. So yeah, kind of a, a funky history um, and all that. One of the real challenges or surprising elements of this new plan. Uh, is that it? At least it appears maybe it would be on a unique platform. Um, if it's going to be a rugged off-road vehicle, a la Bronco, or uh, I'm sorry, I really should say Wrangler. That's. <laughs> uh, but if it's supposed to be that type of a thing, that doesn't seem like that would work on the same platform as the VW Micro Buzz or the ID Buzz and the ID Four and all the other electrics they're doing. And the ID Three and the Porsche Taycan and. Everything else, the Audi uh, e-trons. What, this is what's so unusual about this uh, uh, this announcement, right? Volkswagen has spent the last couple of years bringing all of its EV platforms across all of its brands. They're, they want to unify them onto a single platform called SSP. Um, and then in this announcement today, it says, well, we're going to have this new platform for these two vehicles, this American-only uh, 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 brand, these American-built American vehicles for America, will have a new platform for the rugged SUV and rugged pickup. And we don't know if they're going to be uh, associated with SSP or if this is something completely brand new. If it is something brand new, it's very out of character for Volkswagen. Totally different from the trend they've been going, which is to unify everything and get the mass scale across eight, nine, ten million units eventually, right? Or at least whatever, four million electric, something profound. Yeah, yeah, big numbers, right? Big numbers from <laughs> big numbers from the world's second largest automaker. Right. So um, there were some numbers that at least our, our colleagues at the Wall Street Journal uh, reported. They're talking about. Targets uh, targeting 250,000 of these uh, Scout vehicles each year. That seems like a lot compared to some of the volumes we've seen from from EVs or even, I mean, compared to, again, compared to a Wrangler or a Bronco. I mean, it's not a slam dunk. No, no. I mean, you, you look at look at that number compared to uh, compared to Tesla, compared to Rivian, really compared to anything. Right. You're talking very rarefied error. Uh, that they're anticipating out of this, if that Wall Street Journal number is correct, uh, they they're going to have to hit a price point that is just way below anything that's uh, that's out there right now. And you know, I I don't know how they're going to hit that number. I really don't. Right. right. It'd be it's one thing you know to aim for a, an attractive price point if you're using the common scale, common platform and a, a, the scale that you would could also offer on an ID4 that opens other possibilities then you know usually it's like a billion dollars to develop a platform and you got expensive batteries and all these things so yeah that's curious another thing that's interesting that I do kind of like about this uh, concept this uh, this idea of a business is that um, they're trying to make this uniquely american and a, a standalone entity that's in America and for Americans. Again, there's inefficiency there. It's not the uh, you know a global monolith, but 
Volkswagen has struggled for decades, right, to really connect with Americans. They, they did back in the mid 20th century, right, with the, the Beetle and the, and the bus. But, you know, but in the in the more modern era, I mean, the Passats were overpriced and overengineered. The Tuareg was unpronounceable. Um, you know, they just have been out of touch in a lot of ways. You know, price point, design, uh, naming, you know, having a lo- more local process makes a lot of sense to me when they're trying to come into these, you know, pretty uniquely American segments. But it's going to be a challenge. It is. And, it, you, you know, you really don't think about how big a challenge it's going to be until you look at how long they've been trying to do that, right? How long they've been trying to understand American consumers. You go back to the uh, to Project Moonraker, right? Where, where it, which to me, it's still my favorite VW story. They they want to understand America, so they take they transplant a team of engineers and designers and they stuff them in in a mansion in Malibu, and say, okay, figure out figure out what Americans want. Uh, and those guys, they go to rodeos, they travel around the country, and they write uh, weekly reports going back. Uh, to Wolfsburg, kind of like uh, if if you're of a certain age, kind of like Mork used to do on Mork and Mindy, right? <laughs> this is what we learned <laughs> without the nanu nanu, you know. Uh, right. <laughs> it, it it really is my favorite story, but but that was two. De- it was almost two decades ago that they did this. Deeply embedding embedding themselves in America's coolest culture, and coming back with nothing. Yeah, yeah. Now. <laughs> To be to to be fair, now in the last couple of years, they have revamped their their product mix. Uh, they've they've gone they they now have crossovers which they didn't have before. Now they those crossovers represent about seventy five percent of their sales, and they're they look much more like an Americanized lineup uh, than they do you know than they did even five years ago. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. The uh, the Atlas uh, was a very symbolic vehicle for them in its size, in the naming of it. Uh, you know, very important, and of course, made in Chattanooga, Tennessee. Yeah, and now we have the one, and now we have the Taos, right after Taos, New Mexico. Uh, but I should note that the Atlas, the Atlas has another unpronounceable German name everywhere else uh, <laughs> that it's sold, not in the U.S. Here it's the Atlas, and that's understandable. Right. Uh, Absolutely. Yeah. There, there really is. Uh, they've made progress. I don't know that they've made two hundred fifty thousand units out of an EV, uh, out of a rugged EV progress. But you know, we'll give them the opportunity. So before we before we go, I want to uh, make sure we touch on on two important and uh, somewhat related items. One is sort of the the history of Volkswagen and pickups, right? Uh, it was as I said, it was Volkswagen's trucks that Lyndon Johnson retaliated against. Uh, they were, you know, more work trucks in the '60s, early '60s, not the way people drive pickups now as as uh, regular, you know, family cars. But uh, he, was, he was frustrated over uh, European or German tariffs on American agricultural goods, so he said, "Okay, we're going to tax imported pickups," and the net effect of that. You know, protectionist behavior was to secure this 
for this truck market for the domestic manufacturers uh, who have really exploited it to the max. That's where they make their money, have made most of their money, um, avoided losses, <laughs> uh, justified their existence, you know, with the way they take care of those customers and have really made it very difficult for anyone uh, to break through. Yeah, yeah, they, it really has. And uh, it really talks about the frustration that the VW dealers have had with wanting to have a pickup and not being able to, right? Because of, it's been such a German-centric company that uh, until they built Chattanooga in 2011, they really didn't have a place, even if they wanted a pickup, that they could build it. But it's interesting, in the last couple of years, they've showed pickup concepts. Uh, they showed one in what, 2018, one in 2019. Uh, and, you know, that they're trying to, I think, trying to capture that that zeitgeist, right? He used the German term. Uh, uh, to see what would work, uh, they settled upon uh, an EV version. So here's the question, though. Who's going to sell it? Is it going to be the VW dealers who have been clamoring for 10, 20 years or more, saying we need a pickup if we're ever going to compete in this market? Or if it's a new brand, if it's a new entity... Are they going to go, they could go online only or start new showrooms entirely separate? Yeah, well, that's, that's the million dollar question, isn't it? Isn't it, right? And it's on the, it's the question that every VW dealer in the United States has today and will have tomorrow because Volkswagen of America isn't saying right now and neither is uh, Volkswagen AG in Wolf, Wolfsburg. Uh, they're not saying who's going to sell it or how they're going to retail it. All they're saying is they're creating a separate company, uh, and they will sell these scout vehicles uh, under this company. They're not saying who they're going to sell it or who's going to sell it for them in the U.S. or how they're going to sell it. You know, it's interesting, Jamie. Though I will point out, right, how ironic it is that the international scout is finally going to be international, <laughs> <laughs> even if it gets made here. <laughs> Even if it's the most domestic thing that VW has. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Larry, thank you so much. Thanks for your reporting, and uh, we'll be circling back to you on how this all turns out. All right. Thanks, Jamie. Good to be here. That's Daily Drive for today. I'm Jamie Butters. You can get the latest news on the EV market, new brands, and everything happening in the auto industry at autonews.com. Thanks to Nathan Kadick for editing today's show. Thanks to the Automotive News Multimedia Team and web editor Victor Galvan for their help. And thanks to you for listening and making the show part of your daily routine. Now let's all get back to work.